Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Well, we've got three elections coming up in the next little while. Clearly, uh, two of them are in the very near future. The provincial election on June 7th in October. We'll go to the polls to elect a new city government. And about a year and a half or so from now, the, the next federal election. Yeah, it's creeping up on us. And uh, we've always talked about who's going to vote in these things and who are the, the voting blocks that the politicians are trying to reach out to. And, and, well, for the last few elections anyway, it's been the aging baby boomers. Uh, they, that seemed to be the largest voting block. And it was pretty clear that the political parties tried to gear their policies and their platforms. This is way back in the days when parties used to release platforms, I guess, in elections, uh, towards those people to try to attract those votes. But there is another force that is already starting to form, and those are the millennials. Uh, estimates are there's about 9.5 million voters, those between the ages of 19 and 39, uh, will be on the, the ballot, uh, eligible to vote rather when uh, the federal election comes along. Many of them are still around now and will be voting in the municipal election and the provincial election. Well, interestingly enough, Abacus Data, uh, a polling firm, has been studying these millennials for the last couple of years. Uh, for the uh, last few years, uh, David Coletto from Abacus has been studying 2,000 of those as a, as a microcosm of the Canadian millennials. Twice a year he checks in and they do surveys to see exactly what they like and don't like. And it's, it's fascinating to see some of the numbers here. Uh, and you wonder whether or not the political parties are in tune with this and if they can attract those people the millennial vote, and just how much of an influence it's going to have. To talk about this, we're pleased to welcome back to the program Krista Revelis, Social Science and Humanities Research Council, postdoctoral fellow in history at the University of Toronto. Christo, thanks for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, demographically, I guess we are seeing a shift. I mean, we've always talked about the aging baby boomers, and, and I think we've seen how political parties have tried to reflect that in their policies. Uh, what about the power and the strength of the millennials? Is is it with us now? Is it something that uh, the political parties are aware of? You know, I think they're aware of it. But, you know, I don't think it will ever be as a kind of pronounced as the baby boomers because, you know, the baby boomers were, you know, so defining in, in their, their the, the growth of population. The millennial generation isn't quite the boom. But, you know, I think the parties are aware. They're aware of, uh, you know, generational transformation. They're aware of the fact that, you know, as as baby boomers get older and, um, you know, they're, they're, they're formed less and less a part of the population. There's also the kind of pre-baby boomer generation that's kind of leaving us. And, and now millennials, uh, however you define it, and there's different ways, are, are now, you know, reaching their 30s and becoming more engaged in politics or are becoming of voting age at the lower end and, and are now have the potential to be, you know, directly engaged in our electoral system. Um you know, the the one challenge could be uh, that, you know, it's still the case that younger people don't vote as much. So while they have a greater potential, there is a chance that, you know, a baby boomer uh, group still has more sway because of the vote density that the average, say, 55-year-old casts versus the average 25-year-old. Is that just a matter of numbers? There aren't as many of them? To a certain degree. But, I, you know, I think some people are saying the next couple elections, again, this is all. it, it depends on how you define it. Baby boom, uh, the millennial generation will be the vi biggest voting block in terms of generations, in terms of how many eligible voters there are. But that doesn't necessarily mean they'll actually cast the most votes from the millennial generation, um, as long as there's a lot of baby boomers still, and as long as, you know, older people still vote, you know, more than young people do. 
I mean, we've seen evidence of this uh, even as as recently as a couple of weeks ago. Of course, with uh, some of the marches that uh, the anti gun marches that were happening down in the United States, and and I don't know how many speakers I heard, Christo, simply said, "We will be voting in the next election." I, I, you know, to send a message to the current administration in the White House that uh, that they are a voice and and somebody to be reckoned with, and uh, that was that resonated, I think, with the crowd that was there. But is it really representative of the uh, of the desire of that generation to get involved? Politically? Politically. I mean, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, that's a great point because I've, a lot of people, what they'll say is a counter-narrative. Well, well, young people aren't engaged. Well, young people are engaged sometimes in different ways. Sometimes in their communities, sometimes through things like the, the, anti, uh, the anti-gun protests. Sometimes that translates into kind of formal political engagement. Sometimes it doesn't. But you're right. One of the narratives was, and you see signs about it, you see articles, you know, four million American children who are children right now will be able to vote in November. And, and depending on, of course, where they are, if they come out to vote, you know, the whole you know, system of you know, first past the post and does their vote matter given where they live in their state and given where they live in, the, in their congressional district, those people, 4 million extra votes, especially if they trend you know, strong towards the Democrats, which if they do vote, that's almost certainly what will happen, um, could make a big difference could flip the House, could flip the Senate, and I think that's certainly important. In the American system, it's interesting, because unlike in Canada, they have, uh, you know, minimum age requirements. So, you know, this is really, the, some of these young leaders, you might expect them to be poached by, you know, the New Democrats or maybe the Liberals or Greens in the election, but the U.S., federally at least, you have to be at least in your mid-20s to run for Congress. So I think a lot of these young people will be kind of mobilizing around a... a Let's use our electoral might. Let's use our electoral mass to make change now and then take our leadership roles when we're able to. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.